Good morning, Bridge Church. Stand with us. Put your hands together. We're going to praise the one who made us to worship this morning. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Thankful to 
this morning. We have a lot to complain about, but we have more to be thankful about. And we're going to sing a song that says, I raise a hallelujah, and hallelujah simply means God be praised. So let's be thankful this morning for what he's given us, and let's praise him. Come on, we sing this together.
church, how many of you would agree that he is worthy? You know, it's so easy in those moments when life is good, when things are going the way that you want it to. But what about the times when it's difficult? What about the times when you're facing some challenges? What about the times when the doctor gives you a negative prescription? What about the times when your bills are more than what you have in the account? Can you believe that he is still worthy? Can you believe that he is still worthy of your praise? Can you believe that he is still good? Because he is good, church. He is good, no matter your circumstances. We've got to learn to take our eyes off of ourselves and the things around us and put our eyes up to heaven. Take our eyes off of the problem and put our eyes on the answer, which is in heaven, which is our Savior, because he is worthy. He is worthy. It's easy in the moments when life is good, but when life gets tough, that's when you've got to praise even more. That's when you've got to praise even louder. That's when you've got to dig even deeper. That's when you've got to believe with faith even more because he is worthy of all praise. Today, as we pray together, maybe you're facing something that seems like a giant Or maybe you know somebody who's facing a giant. I want you to lift that up right now as we praise our Heavenly Father and believe for miracles. God, we love you. We thank you that you are always worthy. God, for those situations, Lord, those circumstances, Lord, that may seem so big, Lord, you are greater, you are stronger, you are more powerful. God, we look to you with eyes of faith. We take our eyes off of the circumstance and look at you, our miracle working God. And God, we pray that you make a way, Lord, where there seems to be no way. God, I pray that faith increases around this room. God, I pray for medical breakthroughs, God. Lord, I pray for for financial breakthroughs, God. I pray, Lord, for the wayward children, Lord, to return home, God. Lord, for the husband and wife who cannot talk to each other anymore, God, I pray that conversation and communication would happen today, God. God, we believe for miracles, Lord, and we praise you and we thank you, God. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. You are worthy. You are so worthy, God. And all of God's children said, amen, he is worthy. Hey, thanks so much, church, for joining us today. We are thrilled that you have chosen to spend your morning with us. Whether you're joining us online or you're in person in the room, we want to say welcome to the bridge. It is a a privilege to have you with us today. Hey, before we, we are seated, I want you just to take a moment. I want you to turn around. I want you to smile real big, wave real big. Also want to remind you, we do have a family room available. If you have young children with you and you might be more comfortable, that is to my left out the side door. Also want to remind families that during second service, we do have bridge kids. We're super excited about that. But church, we love you. Take a moment, smile real big. Show them those pretty teeth. Bridge family, and welcome to church. We're thrilled that you're here today, and we hope that you and your family enjoy our time together. 
We're believing that 2021 is going to be a great year and we want to spend it with you. So find your place, get connected, and let's do life together. Here's a look at what's happening and coming up in church life. Bridgemen, we are looking forward to gathering with you again this Saturday, March 20th. We've gotten off to a great start this year as we've been discussing truth and how we walk in it in our everyday lives. So be sure to join us this month as we continue to dig into God's Word and form stronger relationships here in the church. It's going to be a great time, so mark your calendars and we will see you this Saturday at 8.30 a.m. for Bridgemen. Bridge family, we are very excited about Easter 2021 here at The Bridge. And we want to invite you, your family, your friends, neighbors, co-workers, all the people in your world to join us on Resurrection Sunday, April the 4th. This year, we will be having three morning services to celebrate together at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. These will all be one-hour services with a gospel message that celebrates the resurrection of Christ and is a great opportunity to bring your friends to church and hear that message. We also have some other exciting things that are planned for that Sunday that we are looking to announce in the coming weeks. So make your plans to be here on Sunday, April 4th for Easter 2021 at The Bridge. Our spring term of Connect Groups have launched. Connect Groups are a fantastic way to grow in your faith and build relationships with others in the church. We have a variety of different groups based upon age and stage of life, study topics, and special interests. Some groups are meeting in person, while other groups are meeting online. You can find descriptions, times, locations, and how to sign up at our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Just click the Connect tab. You can also get all the same information on the Bridge Church app. We hope you'll take advantage of these great opportunities to get connected here at the Bridge. If you're new to the Bridge, we want to do everything we can to help you get plugged in and find your place in this family. Stop by the Info Center after the service and say hi to our team. They would love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have about the church. You can also stay up to date with everything that's coming up by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. And for more general info, check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. We are so glad that you and your family are here with us today. Now it's time to get into God's Word. Good morning, Bridge family. You doing all right today? Nice. It's good to see you this morning. You guys are the ones who knew there was going to be a time change last night. That's why you're here bright and early, looking good today. For those of you that I'm able to see at the moment, after the darkness, the bright light. Hey, it's good to see you in church. We're thrilled that you're here today. We're going to jump into the message here in just a moment, but let me just quickly also just second what was said in church news and welcome all of our guests today. If you are new at the bridge, thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoy your time. We would love to meet you. Stop by the info center after service. Say hi to our team. If there's any questions that you have, they will do their very best to answer those questions. We want to help you find home, feel at home here at the church. So again, thank you. 
so much for being here today. If you're a regular at the bridge, can we just put our hands together real quick and welcome all of our guests to church today? Awesome. A couple things I want to share with you really quickly. Uh, a couple of announcements. We said there in church news that leading up to Easter, we had some things that we were hoping we would be able to announce before we get to Easter Sunday. So I have a couple things I want to share with you. We're excited about these things. The first thing is this. Two weeks from today, on the 28th of March, we are excited to announce that we will finally be reopening our coffee bar on Sunday mornings. So that is going to be happening Leading up to Easter, we're very much excited about that. We've been trying to work this out to the best of our ability and do it in the right time. We feel like the time is now. So two weeks from today, you should be able to get coffee before and after services here in the morning. And we're very much excited about that. But the following week, of course, is Easter Sunday. That's like Super Bowl Sunday in the church world, right? That's our big day. We get to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. So the first thing I want to say to you about Easter is, listen, invite your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your coworkers, whoever you do life with, invite them to be in God's house, especially if they don't already have a home church. If they have a home church, let them be at their home church. But invite your friends, family members, loved ones to be in church with us. It's a great day. People are very, very likely to say yes if you invite them to church. And if they come, you just never know what God might do in their life. Amen? But the second thing I want to tell you is this. We are also excited to say that this year on Easter Sunday, or finally on Easter Sunday, we will have Bridge Kids for all three of our morning services that day. And after Easter, we will continue on having Bridge Kids in each one of our Sunday morning services. So for all the families that have been asking, when is Bridge Kids going to be open in both services? Starting Easter Sunday, going forward, Bridge Kids will be open in both services. And all the parents said... They must be coming to second service. If you're watching online, you say amen. Amen. It's going to be awesome. We're really excited about Easter. We're looking forward to connecting together and celebrating the resurrection of Christ. If you've got your Bibles this morning, would you meet me in the Old Testament book of Numbers? Numbers chapter 11. We're going back to the old school, Old Testament, and we're going to look at the book of Numbers. I was reading this week through my one-year Bible. I, I don't do my one-year Bible every single day, but I tend to go to it a lot and um, it was interesting because I had a couple of the things in my heart that I was preparing, and I felt like God just highlighted some stuff in my daily readings this week, and this just popped up, and I really feel like, I hope, believe that this word is for us today. Today, I want to talk to you, I want to bring you a message called Trust Through Transition. Trust Through Transition. You know, life is made up of seasons, and we understand this because we're able to look over our shoulder we're able to look at our history, the places we've been, the things that we've done, the people who have been a part of our life, and we don't struggle with the idea that life is made up of seasons because as we look back, we can see how things have constantly changed. I've heard it said that change is the only consistent thing sometimes in life. When we look back over our shoulders, we can see how the seasons of our life have come and gone. As believers, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says that for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. I would go so far as to say that God ordains the seasons of our life. Our lives are made up of seasons. But even if we just set faith aside for a moment, we just talked about the natural, all of us as human beings living on planet Earth, we are subject to the seasons of the year, the seasons of the calendar. If you look at the calendar, you and I know, we know technically that there are four seasons, right? There's winter, spring, summer, and fall. And the reason why I say technically, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic here, is we live in the Temecula Valley. 
So we don't always feel the fullness of all four seasons. We don't always get the depth or even the harshness sometimes of all four seasons. Sometimes it feels like in Southern California we only have two or maybe three seasons out of the year. And it's interesting how one season can run into the next and you can find yourself in a place where you don't know if it's still summertime or if we've made our way into fall just yet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I think that one of the most awkward months of the year is the month of October. And I'll tell you why. Because the month of October, if you look at the calendar, the calendar clearly tells us that the month of October is fall. Fall has fully come. It's fully arrived. In fact, most of you are starting to bring out your fall decor. You've already got it out at the beginning, the end of September, beginning of October. You've got all your fall decor in your house, outside of your house. Not only that, the ladies are starting to drink pumpkin spice everything Apologies to any of the guys that I might have just insulted right now that saying only ladies drink pumpkin spice everything, Pastor Corey White. But <laughs> it's that time of year where the calendar tells us one thing, but the conditions tell us something else. Because the calendar tells us that fall has arrived, that fall has come, but we, we live in the Temecula Valley and we know better. Because we go outside and at noon, it's 90 to 95 degrees on October 29th. So since it's going to be 90 or 95 degrees on October the 29th, well, I don't want to overdress. I don't want to wear a second layer. I want to make sure that I can stay cool. So maybe I'll wear a t-shirt. Maybe I'll wear shorts or just some casual jeans so that I can stay cool and not get too hot. The only problem is as soon as the sun goes down and the wind starts to blow, we go from 95 to 45 because it's October, and this is the Temecula Valley. And we look back and we say, is summer still here? And when is fall going to come? Because we recognize in the nighttime that summer is kind of going away, but in the daytime, we know that fall has not yet fully come. And the season feels so undefined when the conditions are dragging us back and forth. What we find is that we're not in a very defined season. Instead, we're in a time of transition. Transitions can be uncomfortable. Transitions can be difficult. Transitions can be messy. Transitions can stretch us. Transitions can be hard. But if we want to do the seasons that God has for our lives, the seasons that are yet to come successfully, we have to learn how to navigate transitions well, especially in our Christian life, in our Christian walk. You know, we're going to be looking at Numbers chapter 11 here in just a moment, but the Old Testament tells us the story of the Israelites' exodus out of Egypt and end, into the promised land. They were moving from a season of bondage in Egypt to a season of blessing in the land that God had promised. There was just one problem. Between the season of bondage and the season of blessing, they would walk through a time of transition in the wilderness. You know, times of transition can feel like wilderness experiences because we're not where we used to be, but we're not yet where God is calling us to go. The season we've walked out of hasn't fully ended, but the season we're walking into hasn't fully come. Bible scholars tend to look at this idea of the wilderness or this transition time as a time of testing. And I think that that makes sense because God tends to use wilderness experiences in times of transition as a time of testing us and see how faithful we will be because he wants to grow us into the people he's calling us to be. And I believe that right now there are many, many, many people 
who are walking through times of transition in their lives. Maybe it's a career transition, a relational transition, a financial transition, a spiritual transition, or let's just be honest, even a church transition. We see transition happening around us everywhere right now. And when we find ourselves in times of transition or times of testing, it's important that we pass the test by trusting that God will get us where he has promised to take us. Times of testing need to be times of trusting for those of us who call ourselves followers of Christ. Let me say that one more time. Times of testing, transition times, times of testing need to be times of trusting if we call ourselves followers of Christ. We need to hold fast to him. We need to be rooted in his word. We need to be listening very sensitively to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we need to be connected to the family of God so that we can navigate our time of transition well and step into the seasons that God has for us in the future. Now, we're going to look at Numbers chapter 11 here, and we're only going to look at a few verses today. In fact, what we're going to look at is a very, very small sample of the Israelites and their transition from Egypt into the promised land. But there's a few things that you need to know to provide some context and some background for what we're going to talk about today. The book of Numbers shows us the continuation of that journey, that time of transition from Egypt to the promised land. And throughout that time, God proved himself to his people, the Israelites, the Hebrew people. He proved himself to them time and time and time again. He did miraculous things, supernatural things to show that he was good, that he was their God, that he was their protector, that he was their provider, and that he was going to look out for them and lead them to the place that he was calling them to go. Oftentimes, God will prove himself time and time and time to us, and when we get to a place where we're a little bit unsure and a little bit uncertain in our time of transition, we have to be able to trust that if God did it before, he will do it again. But right here in Numbers 11, we see a picture of the Israelites starting to become uncomfortable. And they're starting to move to a place of not just being uncomfortable, but really having disdain for the situation that they're in. We talked about how God had miraculously, supernaturally provided for his people. Let me just give you a few examples of things that God did for his people in the wilderness time of transition. We know that he parted the Red Sea after they left Egypt to cross across that land on the sea on dry ground. We know that his presence came like a cloud into the tabernacle. And after that came, showing that he was with them, the cloud turned into a pillar of cloud, which led them by day. It wasn't just a pillar of direction. It was a pillar that that signified his presence that was with them. And then when the sun would go down, the pillar of cloud would turn to the pillar of fire, leading them in the darkness by night. But not just leading them, again, reminding them that he himself was with them. When they faced times of hunger because they didn't have food, they didn't have provision, they had a hard time finding or getting to water, God heard their cry, he heard their prayer, and he gave them manna from heaven, this supernatural food, this supernatural provision to get them through their time of testing, their time of transition in the wilderness. And God has shown himself faithful time and time and time again. But even though he's shown himself faithful, the Israelites begin to get tired Right here where we pick up in Numbers chapter 11, they've just come off of a three-day walk from Mount Sinai. They're exhausted, they're tired, they're weary, they're worn out, or more specifically, they're uncomfortable. Let's read verse 1 of Numbers 11. It says, now when the people complained, everybody say complained. We're off to a bad start. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was provoked. 
So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Now let's just stop right there for a moment and just kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room. The fire, anger, wrath of God came down and consumed some of the complainers. How many people would raise a hand and say, it sounds like God doesn't care much for complainers. Now, right here, it kind of begs the question, and I don't want to get stuck on this deep theological question, but if God did that then, would God still do that now? Well, you're not going to catch me saying that God wouldn't. I tend to believe that the wrath of God, the the justice of God, the, the judgment of God was satisfied at the cross, and when our life here in time comes to an end, our punishment or our reward awaits us. But I think the one thing that we do know most clearly is that God doesn't much care for complainers. If we choose to complain about the things that God's doing in our life, the place that he's brought us, even under difficult circumstances, we put ourselves on the wrong side of God's favor. Can everybody say amen to that? You don't have to read that scripture twice to know we don't want to be complainers. We don't want to be a complaining people. But let's go on. Let's keep going. Look at verse 2. Then the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. In other words, the fire stopped and was no longer consuming anybody. Verse 3. So he called the name of that place Tibera because the, the fire of the Lord had burned among them. I want to give you a few thoughts, a few observations from a few passages of Scripture. What do we do? How do we navigate times of transition well in our lives? If you're taking notes, I want to give you some thoughts. Okay, you ready for this? Number one, here you go. In times of transition, don't let uncomfortable turn into ungrateful. In times of transition, don't let uncomfortable turn into ungrateful. Have you ever noticed that if you get the wrong people around you, they can negatively influence your experience with God? They can start putting terrible things in your ears, ideas in your head, saying things, discouraging you along your walk. And what's really interesting about this is that the Israelites have just come off of this three-day journey where they're tired, they're uncomfortable, and they begin to look to one another and complain. And the wrath of God comes down hard against them. What's interesting is we had just established this idea that God had provided for them time and time and time again. And the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire has led them this far away from Mount Sinai on this three-day journey. And they're tired. They're weary. They're worn out. And like we just said, every single time that God provided for his people miraculously, it was always a reflection of the fact that he had heard their cry during their time of transition in the wilderness. And when I read this passage of scripture, there are a couple things that stand out to me. If the Israelites needed more rest, they could have asked God for more rest because God had answered their prayers of need before. If the Israelites had needed more food or water or provision, they could have just asked for God for more food, water, or provision. Why? Because God had always answered their prayers before. But this time, they had grown uncomfortable in their time of transition and uncomfortable quickly turned ungrateful. Have you ever like just looked at your kids and you asked them to do something really simple? Okay, I'm going to talk to all the people that have young kids or you've had young kids at one point. I got a five-year-old or I'm sorry, a four-year-old right now. And let me just tell you something. It's like asking him to do anything comes with all these complaints. And it's like, son, I'm not even asking that much of you. Wear your own backpack. You're the one that decided to bring all this junk with you. I don't want to carry your backpack. Son, we don't have to walk very far. We don't have to go very far. I'm not asking for much. Please just help me out. No, I don't want to. You always make me. This is the worst day of my life. I never want to do this again. I don't want to go. 
Have you noticed how quickly for even us, uncomfortable can turn to ungrateful? And we take for granted the blessings that we already have. What's funny is all around us in our Christian life and our walk with God, there is evidence of things that God has already done for us that we begin to take for granted. And suddenly, when we find ourselves in a time of uncomfortable, uncomfortable will quickly turn to ungrateful. And when we become ungrateful and we complain to God, taking for granted his blessings, we find ourselves very quickly on the wrong side of God's favor. How many of you have you know, you prayed for that house. Oh my Lord, if you would just give me that house. If you would just open that door. Lord, this is what we can't afford, but this is what the price is. And if they would just accept that offer, I will never ask you for anything again. There's room to grow. There's a great yard. There's so many things about this place that we absolutely love. And then God opens that door and you get that house and you have another kid and another kid after that. And then maybe you're crazy like me and you add a puppy into the mix and suddenly the thing that was a blessing, Lord, we don't have enough space. This isn't good enough. Haven't you heard my prayers? Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see my burdens? Don't you see what I'm carrying? Don't you see what I'm going through? And when we walk through this time of transition where uncomfortable sets in, uncomfortable can quickly turn to ungrateful. Even though there's evidence all around us of God's faithful track record. I think right now there are probably people in the house that are walking through a time or a, a, a time of transition where you're frustrated with your discomfort. And maybe you find yourself in this place where you're saying, God, do you see how I feel? Do you see what I'm carrying? Do you see what I go through? And God says, yeah, do you see all the things I've already done? So what makes you think I don't know what's going on now? Don't let uncomfortable turn to ungrateful. Or we find ourselves on the wrong side of God's favor and we don't pass the test. You know, the Apostle Paul had a lot to say about gratitude, but there was one specific thing. I love this. This is 1 Thessalonians 5. Many of you will know these three verses. They're really short three verses. 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You know, I'm going to say that one more time. Rejoice always. Everybody say always. Pray without ceasing. In everything. Everybody say everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. you know what's crazy about that? Is that guy wrote four books of the New Testament while he was in prison. And he's telling us to be grateful, rejoice in everything, always. Don't let uncomfortable turn into ungrateful. Even in times of uncertainty, we have to choose to trust God and look for things to be grateful for. Have you ever found yourself in one of those wilderness experiences where you needed to find something to be thankful for? You need to find something to be grateful for. God, I feel like things have fallen away from my life. I feel like I have a little bit less than I did yesterday. This is a difficult time. This might be even more dire than anything I've ever walked through before. It's amazing how the enemy will cloud our life with our circumstances, and because he brings this thick cloud of circumstances into our life, we can't see the evidence around us of the things that God has already done in the past. We have to find things to be grateful for. I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say this one time. He says, sometimes you got to praise God on credit. I might not be holding it in my hand yet, but my down payment is thank you, Jesus, that you're going to see me through. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you're gonna walk me through this time of transition. God, you've called me out of one season and I know you've called me into a new season. And that season isn't fully over and the new season hasn't yet fully come. But until the day comes that I step foot in that season, I'm gonna praise you, I'm gonna thank you, and I'm gonna rejoice always because you are good, you have never failed, your track record is 100% successful, and if you've done it before, I know that you're gonna get me there again. Come on, somebody say amen to that this morning. In times of transition, don't let uncomfortable turn into ungrateful. Now let's keep going here because I want to walk through a, couple, a few more verses in this passage right here that help us to understand exactly what was going on. We see that uncomfortable became ungrateful, but where did that start? How did that start? God had done so many good things for the Israelites. Where did that come from? I'll show you something really interesting. Maybe you missed this when you read, if you've read through this passage before or even a few times. Look at verse 4. It says, now the mixed multitude, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also, okay, hold on a minute, let's go back. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the mixed multitude, but now the children of Israel, this is a separate group. The children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? Now, I want to point a couple things out to you here because I hadn't even caught on to what was happening when I'd read through this passage of Scripture before. In the New King James here, it says there was a mixed multitude that were among the Israelites. If you read from more modern translations, it says that there was, many of those other modern translations will say that there was a foreign rabble that were among the Israelites. Now, rabble literally means a disgruntled mob, and foreign speaks for itself. They weren't Israelites. Nothing against them doesn't mean that God didn't love them, but they weren't in covenant relationship with God. Now, I was studying this out over the last few days, and I was pretty blown away to see that a lot of Bible scholars have a hard time figuring out who these people were. Perhaps they were Egyptians that decided to come with them to this promised land that they had talked about and were told about. We don't know. Perhaps in that journey, once they got through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, on their way to the Promised Land, there were people in their own encampments that saw this multitude of people marching toward a land that they said that they were promised by God, and they said, well, hey, that sounds good. We want to go there, too. There was just one problem. That foreign rabble, the mixed multitude, they weren't Israelites. They were not in covenant relationship with God. Here's the second point I want to make to you today if you're taking notes. Number two. In times of transition, be careful who you walk through the wilderness with. In times of transition, be careful who you walk through the wilderness with. You know, I said earlier, it's difficult. I've just noticed before that you have the wrong negative people in your life, how they will discourage you with their words from their experiences. Here's what's interesting about this. If you're walking through a time of transition toward the season that God has promised you, there's good news. The good news is, in times of transition, the Lord will surround you with people who will be friends to your destiny. And you need to include them on your journey. But there's also bad news. In times of transition, the devil will send you people who will be friends to your destruction. Because they ain't going where you're called to go. The room got quiet like I was condemning people. That's not the case at all. 
The story tells us that the Israelites, people who were in covenant with God, were following his promise through this time of transition in the wilderness toward the promised land. These other people, the foreign rabble, the mixed multitude, these people were along for the ride. It was as if these people were saying, we like the idea of that destination, but going through this wilderness, this transition, this time of testing, that's for the birds. I'm out. I don't want to go. And when they got in the same multitude walking on this journey with them and had to trust God themselves, they weren't people in covenant relationship with God. And suddenly their complaints begin to influence the Israelites. As you walk through a season of transition, as you walk out of one season into the season that God's calling you into, you got to be really, really careful who you allow to walk through that wilderness with you. Because if you allow the wrong people in, the wrong voices in, negative voices in, they will discourage you from reaching your destination. In fact, they will probably tell you that the journey isn't worth it. Because the wilderness can be trying. The transition can be difficult. The transition can be messy. It can be stretching. It can be testing. But a time of testing needs to become a time of trusting. You know, Proverbs 17, 17. Many of you, again, will know this verse. This is what it says. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I love this verse. Now listen, I have friends in my life that are my friends from a distance. And if I ever reach out to them, if I ever want to call them to see how they're doing, if they were to call me, see how I'm doing, or I just want to reach out and talk because I just need to cast my cares on somebody, I know that they love me, I know that they care for me, but not all of my friends are just going to drop everything and come be with me when I walk through my wilderness. But the second half of that verse says that a brother or a sister is built for adversity. Here's what's cool about this. We, as the people of God, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other when we walk through our times of transition. Between one season or between the old season and the new season, we got to stick together because we're in covenant relationship with God. Can I tell you something? You got friends in your life that have been friends of yours for a long, long time. They're probably wonderful people, good people with good intentions, and you love them because you've been in friendship with them for a long time. But if they are not in covenant relationship with God the way that you are, there's a good chance that as you walk through your time of transition and you walk through a time in the wilderness on your way to your next season, that they will not be willing to go with you to the place that God has called you. And that's why you need your brothers and sisters in Christ to walk with you and stand with you. Now, I know there's a lot of you, you've been in church a long time. That sounds like some pretty generic preaching right there. We need each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, here at the bridge, One of the things that we talk about a lot is connect groups. We're really big on them. I'm always amazed, and just hear my heart for a minute. I'm always amazed when I talk to people and they hear us as pastors and as, you know, a church, we talk about connect groups or even our serving teams. And we'll talk about groups, and when we talk about them, people are like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that the church wants me to be a part of. They they need me. It's a requirement. You know, if I want to go to the bridge, I need to be in a connect group. I need to serve on a team. What's funny is that community and fellowship aren't requirements. They're amazing opportunities. Because what we find all the time as pastors is that there's usually two different stories we hear all the time. There's one story of people that are like, 
I was walking through this crazy thing. I thought I was all by myself in this situation. I thought that my time of transition, this wilderness I was walking through was something I was going through alone until I met this person on, our, on my team. I met this person in my connect group. I met this person at Bridge Men, at Bridge Women, at Bridge Youth, at one of our ministries here in the church. And when they meet people, they realize, oh my gosh, I'm not alone and they want to walk through this with me. We hear that story all the time. But just as often as we hear that story, we also hear the opposite story, which is this. I went through a tragedy. I went through this crazy circumstance, this situation, this thing, and it almost took me out. And I had to go through the whole thing by myself. And we talk to them and we meet them and we say, oh my gosh, how come there wasn't anybody there with you to walk through that? And it's because they never took advantage of the opportunities to connect with their brothers and sisters in Christ that God wanted to bring in to their life. Listen to me today, brothers and sisters. God does not call you to do this life alone. I need you. You need me. We need each other. When we walk through times of transition, wilderness experiences, we need each other. We've got to stand with each other. Why? Because brothers and sisters are built for adversity. When we face adversity, when we face challenges, circumstances, I need you and you need me. Let's count on each other. Let's stand shoulder to shoulder and let's step into the season that God is calling us to, even if it means that we have to walk through a wilderness together. We can do this. We can do this. We need each other. But we have to be very, very careful how we navigate our time of transition and who we allow to walk through the wilderness with us. Does that make sense to everybody? Let's just keep going and look at the rest of this passage and then unpack a few more thoughts. Now, we talked about ungratefulness or ingratitude. We talked about where that came from, these people who weren't in covenant relationship with God suddenly influencing the Israelites. But let's keep reading in verse 5. It says, we remember, now they're looking back at where they've come from and starting to lose sight of the season that's in front of them. It says, we remember the fish which we freely ate in Egypt the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Oh my gosh, when we were in Egypt, we had everything. It was free. It cost us nothing. We ate until we were satisfied, until we were full, until our heart was content. We had everything that we needed in Egypt. And in verse 6, but now our whole being is dried up, and there was nothing at all except this manna, this thing that God gave us before our eyes. Look at the spirit of ungratefulness and ingratitude that's just starting to flow through the Israelites now. When we were in Egypt, we had everything. We had delicacies. It was like a chef was cooking for us. It cost us nothing. We ate till we were full. Anything and everything we wanted was there. But now that we're in this time of transition, in this wilderness experience, the only thing we have is this manna that God gave us. We don't even know what it is. The word manna in the Hebrew literally means, what is it? They didn't know what it was. We don't know what it was. It's hard for us to understand because they'd never seen anything like it, and they would never see anything like it after that. It's hard for us to understand, and when they look back at where they had come from, they thought that it was better where they were. And I imagine God in heaven saying, so, let me get this straight. You love the fish and the veggies and the melons and the garlic and all the stuff that was there in Egypt, right? And they say, right. And he says, but you were slaves. You were slaves. And now you're telling me that you would rather go back and have all that stuff, even if it cost you your freedom? 
Here's the third thought that I want to share with you. Number three, in times of transition, don't give in to the temptation to go backwards. Don't give in to the temptation to go backwards. Imagine God saying, you want all that stuff? You can have all that stuff if you still want to be slaves. Here's a thought to hold on to, to take home with you today. It's better to have fast food and freedom than have a buffet and bondage. It's better to have fast food and freedom than a buffet and bondage. See, the manna was never meant to be their permanent food, their permanent provision. It was temporary provision from God because God was leading them to a land of milk and honey. He was leading them to an even better place. But when you haven't yet reached the place that God is leading you to, and you walk through a time of transition, it's easy to look back at the good things behind you and never make it to the God thing that's in front of you. In times of transition, don't give in to the temptation to go backwards. I remember, it must have been 2000, it was 2012, my wife and I have been married for a year. Some of you know the story because I've told it before in church, but 2012, we knew that God was growing us in ministry in the church that we were serving in. We were volunteers. We, hadn't, we were not on staff at our church. We had never been on staff at any church before. And God was just bringing all kinds of opportunity. It was so incredibly fulfilling for me. But during that season, we were both working full-time jobs, giving what felt like full-time hours to church. And I remember you know, just financially squeaking by, trying to keep our head above the water, and we were like, God, I feel like the season that we're in is not, the, it, there's something more that's in front of us. And this season, it's been exciting to step into ministry, but my goodness, this is a hard time. This is so difficult. And we were just so excited for God to open a new door to take us somewhere new. And I'll never forget, I was at work one day and I stayed till the end of the day and I worked for three, three partners, three, three bosses. These guys were amazing guys and they sat me down at the end of my work day and they said, hey, we wanna talk to you about an opportunity. And I said, okay. And they said, We've been thinking long and hard about starting a new uh, shop, a new facility in Florida, a distribution. I work for a, a, scuba, a scuba distributor of scuba gear. And they said, we've been thinking about opening up a new distribution center in Florida, probably like in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. I'm like, that doesn't sound so bad. They said, the only problem is we don't have anybody to run it, and the only person that we can think of that would fit that, that position is you. Now, at this point in my life, I knew I knew that ministry was what we were called to do. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. My wife and I, we were on the same page, no doubts, no second guessing. We knew it. But suddenly, because of this season of discomfort that we were walking through, this time of transition that we were walking through, this other door out of nowhere opens up. And I was so weary. I was so worn out. I was so tired and uncomfortable of being broke, of being tired of giving all my time away and feeling like I don't have any time left to myself and to my wife and to my interests and my hobbies. And I remember when that opportunity came up, I went home and I told my wife, I said, guess what, babe? I just got offered a job, a better job, a better opportunity. Like, this is a career. They'll pay for us to move. They'll pay for our entire insurance for both of us and all this stuff. And they'll give us housing for like the next four months until we get on our feet. And da 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 And it's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That don't sound so bad. And she's like, why would we do that? And then we proceeded to have like the biggest fight we ever had since we got married. 
Because I begin to entertain this idea that that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. But the problem was God had already started moving us into a new season. And that stretching, that time of transition that we were walking in and walking through at that point made us so uncomfortable that it would have been easy for us to take our eyes off of the prize, get distracted, and go the wrong direction. And I'll tell you something. Sometimes when we find our, ourselves in times of transition, the easiest thing to do is because we're so uncertain about the future that we turn around and go back to the thing that we're familiar with. For the Israelites, it was bondage. And the thing that was enticing was the buffet, the trappings, the ease, the stuff. It's all yours. It's all free. You just got to go back and be our slaves. That's all. But God was calling them to something more. God was calling them to something better. When I think about that season of my life, I look back and I realize that my wife was right, even though I was frustrated. Husbands, listen to your wives. They're your partners in this thing. But it's so easy for us to take our eye off the prize and go back to the thing that we're comfortable with and familiar with. You know, I said earlier that the thing that was behind them was slavery and bondage. But when they look back, the thing that they thought about was a full belly. You know, you might be in a time of transition right now, and the thing that God's called you out of wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing, but he's just calling you to something better right now. It's so easy for us to settle with the good thing and still miss out on the God thing because we're unwilling to walk through the time of transition and navigate the wilderness well. If you had a place in your life right now where you started to make that transition. You stepped out into that wilderness. Maybe it feels lonely. You need to surround yourself with the brothers and sisters in the faith. Maybe it feels uncomfortable. Don't let uncomfortable turn into ungrateful. Find reasons to thank God for his faithfulness, and he will push you along into the finish line. But lastly, listen. Don't give in to the temptation to turn around and go backwards. God has called you out of something because he has something better for you. So make sure that as you walk through a transition, a season of testing, that it's a season of trusting in God until you reach your destination. In closing this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts. I hope that will encourage you as we wrap up this message today. You know, I just said that times of testing need to be times of trusting for the people of God. We're rooted in God's word. We don't let go of it. We hold on to it day and night. We meditate on it. We get it not just in our head. We get it in our heart to where we're thinking about it. And it is the thing that we wake up to. It's the thing we go to sleep with. And it's the thing that we hold on to no matter what we're going through. We're sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit. He gently whispers, and often it's very quiet. And in order for us to hear it, we have to turn down the volume on the world around us. But we also have to surround ourselves, like I said, with the people of God, our brothers and sisters in the faith. But times of transition are not a test of God's faithfulness. Times of transition are a test of my faith in God. Does that make sense to everybody? Times of transition, they're times of testing. But it's not a test of God's faithfulness. It's a test of my faith in God. Why? Because God is faithful. It's his very character and his nature. He's not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. If he's made a promise, he will keep it. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. It's up to us to say, so be it in my life. If God has made a promise, 
he always keeps it. So therefore, a time of testing, a time of transition, is not a test of God's faithfulness, but a test of my faith in God. And finally, if we just ended right there from that story, it would kind of end on a negative note because there's complaining and grumbling and the anger of God, the frustration of Moses. The very next thing that we see in this passage, and we're out of time this morning, Moses is so frustrated, he's so burdened, he's so worried, and he's just overwhelmed with everything that's happening with these people. So Moses cries out to God, and literally Moses says, God, who am I? Why did you give this stuff to me? Why did you give these people to me? I didn't give birth to them. This was your idea, and now they become a burden to me. And Moses finds himself in the middle of this wilderness, this time of transition, and he says, God, if you have brought me to this wilderness to die, then just go ahead and kill me now, because I don't think I can take any more of this. When you read those verses, it sounds a little sarcastic or almost like, okay, Moses, like tune down the drama a little bit. But Moses is like, no, God, you've called me to do this, but the burden's getting really heavy here. What's cool about this is that the next picture we see is that God raises up 70 elders among the people to come alongside Moses. He fills them with his spirit, and then together they shoulder this burden of leading the people toward the promised land. You know, Moses said, God, if you brought me to the wilderness to die, then just go ahead and kill me now because I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to tell you something today. God is not taking you through a time of transition for you to die in a wilderness. He can walk you through a time of transition that if you do it well, you will flourish in the land of promise that's in front of you. But when Moses cried out, he didn't cry out to God in an ungrateful manner. He cried out to God and said, God, here's what's going on. And guess what? God was not intimidated by Moses' prayer. God in his grace and in his mercy responded to Moses and he gave him exactly what he needed. If you're walking through a time of transition right now, a season of difficulty, a time of testing in your life and your marriage, in your business, in your job, in your relationships, maybe it's with your kids, whatever it might be, if you're walking through a time of transition and a time of testing right now, I want to tell you that God does not want you to die in the wilderness. He wants to fine-tune you. He wants to grow you. He wants to mold you. He wants to shape you into the person he's created you to be so that you will flourish in the land of promise that's in front of you. But you got to make sure that uncomfortable doesn't turn to ungrateful. And you got to make sure that you're surrounded by the men and women of God that he wants to put into your life. And you got to make sure that you don't look backwards. And if you have heavy burdens, God's not intimidated by those either. Bring them to God and he will give you exactly what you need. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And I really believe in my heart that there are people that are walking through, I, I don't even know what it might be for you, some sort of transition in your life right now, some sort of transition time in your life. So easy for that transition time to feel like a wilderness experience. God, I pray that today you would strengthen your people. God, I pray that for those of us who feel burdened by what's going on around us, that we would recognize that during this time of change and of transition, you don't want to just change our circumstances, God. You want to change us. I pray that if we feel burdened, we would bring those things to you. We would lay them. We would cast our cares upon you to discover that you're not overwhelmed by the thing that intimidates us. God, you're not scared of the thing that we're fearful of. You don't shy away from the things that we've been avoiding and putting off. We bring these things to you today, God. We ask that you will lead us and guide us 
through our time of testing, through our time of transition, so that we can step into all the promises that you have for our lives. Strengthen your people today. Let us hold fast to your word, to your people. Let us not look back. Keep our eyes on the prize so that we can enter your land of promise for our lives in Jesus' name. Finally, with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you've heard about all this and you love the idea of living out God's purpose, but you've never invited him into your life. I want to tell you how much God loves you. So much that while you and I, both of us, all of us, while we were lost in our sin, while we were yet sinners, he sent his very best, Jesus, to this earth to die on a cross for our forgiveness. He sent his best in exchange for our worst, our sin, our failure, our mistakes. That if we would put our faith in Christ and that sacrifice that he made, we could be forgiven. We could experience this thing called salvation. We would be born again into a new life with Christ. Cool thing about that is that after Jesus died, Three days later, God raised him from the dead, conquering death and hell and the grave for all of eternity so that you and I wouldn't have to face it. Maybe that hope is something you need in your life today. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity right now just to walk into that relationship. It's not about magic words. It's not about something happening overnight, momentarily, where you're suddenly the finished product in a few minutes. It's about beginning a journey of faith where you choose to follow Jesus in your everyday life. If you want to make that commitment today, maybe you want to recommit your life to Christ, I would love to just start that journey out with a simple prayer of inviting him in. I'm going to ask everybody in the house to just repeat these words after me. And if you want to make that decision today, just mean it with everything in your heart. Say these words. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you came to this earth for me. I believe you are the son of God. And I believe that your death was full payment from my sin. I believe that you were raised from the dead so that I could be raised back to life as well. So I put my faith in you, my hope in you, my trust in you. I will walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you made that decision today or you recommitted your life, we want to help you start your journey. Listen, we're going to be done here in about five minutes, okay? But everybody hang tight for a minute because this is a really important moment for people right here in this service. If you're watching online or you're here in the room and you made that decision, we want to help you start your walk with God. We want to give you a free gift. It's called The Next Seven Days, a simple book to help you start that journey of faith. If you want to get it, we'll have prayer teams right down here up against these side walls on the floor in the auditorium. Just walk up to one of our prayer teams and let them know you made a decision to follow Christ. You want to get the book, they'll give it to you. We don't need anything from you, but we are totally available to help in any way that we can. If you're watching online, all you have to do is just click the link right there in the browser that you're watching from. You can also direct message us on any one of our social media platforms, or you can always email us at info at thebridgechurch.tv. We want to help everybody start their walk with God. We're so glad you made that decision. Again, if you're here in the room and need to go quickly after service, stop by the next seven days desk. It's right between the glass doors. Our team's there to serve you and help in any way that we can. Thank you so much for making that decision. It's the best one you could ever make. Can we all just put our hands together today and welcome some people into God's family? Wow, were you guys blessed today by that? I was encouraged by that tremendously. You know, one of the, the areas in, in transition times that, that can be really difficult to trust God with is our finances. Um, just a few weeks ago, my dad was, was reminding me of a story 
Um, many years ago, my dad had helped pioneer um, something for, for foster care and adoption, and he helped build this um, organization. And, and after 16 years of building the organization, the organization, for whatever reason, let him go. My dad was, was crushed, and, and what do I do in this season? And, and there was six to, to eight months or so where, where he had no income, he had no anything, and he just was, God, what do I do? And he just trusted God in this season. And as he tells me the story now, he says, Nick, in that time, everything inside of me wanted to have a, a closed hand and hold on to, to whatever finances that I had. He said, but God told me, I need you to give. I need you to sacrificially give. And so he said, Nick, I gave more money in that time of transition than I ever have. To different organizations, to different missionaries, to to different entities. And, And he said, something incredible started to happen. As I opened up my hand, God started to place more into my hand. Fast forward the story. It's been about 14, 15 years since all of that happened. The organization that my dad now has founded and created, they're in five or six different counties in California. They have hundreds and hundreds of kids that have been placed in Christian foster care homes or been adopted because he trusted in that transition time. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at right now in life, Trust God in that transition time with your finances because he's faithful. He's faithful. So on the screen, they'll show you the ways that you can give. And I just want to remind you that we have a couple of of giving stations in the back of the room and one out in the lobby area. And I want to encourage you to trust God in this season because he is so faithful. We want to thank you for being faithful. We want to thank you and encourage you and say, we love you and thank you for trusting us in this season. And just as you have been trusting us, that, that we are continuing to grow and expand in what we give to our missionaries, to community care, our impact there is growing because of faithful people like you. And so we just want to say thank you so much. So before we wrap up, I just want to say, hey, we love you all. We just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. I want to remind you, if you aren't involved or plugged in quite yet, we want to encourage you that you can get involved. We want to also just highlight our Bridge Kids ministry as we are, are getting ready to launch that, that second service, uh, first and second service with Bridge Kids in a few weeks. We want to encourage you that if you have a heart for kids, that you would just go on to our church app and that you can find different ways that you can get plugged in there or volunteer in other areas. If Bridge Kids isn't the area for you, you can also go out to the Bridge Kids desk and find ways to get plugged in there. Hey, we love you. God bless you. Have an incredible day. And remember to trust God in the transition.